0: PJ, do you really think it's necessary to see a lawyer about our podcast? Absolutely.
1: I've been reading up on this, Marco. With a podcast this popular, we need to protect
0: ourselves in this legal landscape. Okay, but are you sure Nick's our guy? I mean, I trust him, but he didn't even focus on broadcasting in legislative school. Well, Marco, as they say, if you know one law, you know them all. It's
1: not a thing, man. Maybe so. But he's a big fan of the show, Marco, and we've got to do our part to maintain our listeners. That's a fair point.
0: Alright, I just hope we're there soon. It Seems like we've been driving through farmlands for hours.
2: Hey guys, welcome to my office. This seems like it used to be a grain silo. Well, I really love the open air ceilings, so I converted it to an office space. Also, this land was abandoned, so it's mine now under the Adverse Possession statute. See? I told you he was good.
1: Fantastic! So Marco and I have been discussing our show, and we wanted to go over a few ideas with you. Here's one. Can we trademark the word weekend so that everyone needs our written permission to use the word?
0: Uh, no. Okay, here's another one. Can we create a set of terms and conditions to make all of our social media followers legally obligated to listen to every episode? Absolutely not. Alright,
1: but how about if we drew up a contract that allowed us to play all of the music we want
2: without paying royalties if we only do it once per year? Look guys, legally speaking, all of your ideas are really stupid.
0: Hey, I didn't drive through 40 minutes of cornfields
2: we called stupid. Sorry if my law expertise has struck a chord with you gentlemen, but I think we're done here. Uh, In total, this consultation comes to $400. What? We barely even talked about the show. PJ, Marco, this was all laid out in the agreement you signed last week. Did either of you even read the fine print? I'm not a big reader.
0: Mostly try to gain information from pictures. There were no pictures in the contract. Yeah, very disappointing.
1: Nick, come on. Let's talk. Marco and I don't have the money. We don't even make any money off of this podcast. I've heard you're a big fan of the show. As a man trained in negotiation, we must be able to work something out.
2: Well, guys, this doesn't surprise me at all. In fact, I came prepared for this very situation, and I think we can make a deal. For starters, I'm going to be the exclusive legal counsel for Team Weekend Podcast. Perfect. That sounds like a fair... Secondly, henceforth you will both refer to me as Consigliere Nick. That's totally gangster. Agreed. And lastly, I get to host a music segment every episode. What? I love the music segment. You love it too much, PJ. No one wants to hear you ramble for seven minutes about a Fleet Foxes song. Oh, snap. Look, Consigliere Nick, their lyrics speak to me and
1: everybody needs to know how I feel about it. As a compromise,
2: you can have Your own segment. Hmm. I like that. My own intro? That's good. Very good. It must air every episode, though. Oh, hell no! All right, all right. That's fair. Well, thanks again for coming, guys.
0: Great job in there, PJ. Cheers to the negotiation. Where did you get that glass bottle from? I found outside the silo. My guess is, uh, goat's milk. Want some? I'm
1: not drinking from an unmarked bottle you found next to a silo.
0: Ugh, too late, all gone. And you're disgusting. And you're going to have to drive back. I don't feel good. You got an Eastwood
3: smile and Robert,
0: Redford hair. Hit it.
1: Ten years in the making. Team Weekend is back. A Lot of things have changed since our debut on local radio. Did somebody say podcast?
0: No.
3: Podcast.
0: Yeah. But no matter how much things change, one question remains. You want a piece of my heart? What did you say? You got to start from the start. You're speaking nonsense. You want to be in the show? I am in the show. I'm a co-host.
1: Come on, baby let's go
0: baby What are you calling baby right now wait wait we've just been quoting lover boys working for the weekend this whole time
1: no everybody's working for the weekend
0: yeah it's
3: It's time time for for the weekend. weekend everyone's watching Looking
1: at you oh. We're back, Team Weekend, with episode 4. We've escaped the cornfields, Marco, and we're back in the Team Weekend studios.
0: That's correct, and you know, there's a lot of fun things to do in cornfields, like farming and corn mazes, but that was a strictly business trip. We had to talk to our lawyer.
1: When a show gets as big as this, Marco, we have to do things to make sure we protect ourselves. But I'm not sure we did our best job there, trying to protect ourselves. in the end, we somehow ended up with a third co-host and now a brand new segment.
0: Yeah, it's a typical country lawyer being switch. Um, you know, we're new. We're new to the show, uh, new to having you know powerful you know media content. and uh, you know, everyone gets hustled a bit at first. I'm sure it happened to, you know Diddy and <laughs> others like Diddy.
1: and uh now it's happened to us and we're gonna have a brand new segment called guilty pleasures with consigliere nick coming up next but on top of that we're gonna have another brand new segment too called guess the sound and i think you know what that one's gonna be about marco
0: yeah uh it's a lot of guessing and a lot of sounds and something that ties those two concepts together we'll also have two you'll recognize segments do's and don'ts and of course
1: the traditional closeout segment, music. I've got three songs I ab- absolutely love for this show, and Marco, I have no idea if you have three songs picked out even
0: yet. Hey, well, I have between now and the end of the show to get those songs, so we're gonna hold off and readdress that later on the episode. So, if you're wondering why
1: there was a random facebook message at 10 o'clock at night in the middle of november asking for music requests that marco is the reason that's happening
0: well it's a joint account okay so it's not really sure who's posting from that account could be me could be you maybe it's a third party maybe we're paying someone to do our you know social media i don't know
1: is that part of the contract?
0: I got to read that. I got to read contracts. That's definitely is something I learned from this trip. <laughs> got to read contracts. It happened to Diddy. It happened to people like Diddy, and it's happened to us. <laughs> Just like Diddy, we now have to fulfill
1: our contractual obligations and toss it to our new co-host, Consigliere Nick.
3: Due to legal obligations by PJ and Marco of the Team Weekend Podcast, we now present
2: Guilty Pleasures with me, Consigliere Nick. We'll bring you three very fine songs to trial, where a jury of their peers will decide if a song is a guilty pleasure, pleasure, or just guilty. How can a song be guilty? Well, I'll be the judge of that. Now bring on the plaintiffs. Guilty
3: pleasure.
1: So, Marco, we made a deal in those cornfields, and it's time to pay up. This is the first ever and probably regularly occurring guilty pleasure segment on the Team Weekend podcast. And for this podcast, we've invited
0: consigliere Nick to play three songs for us. That's correct. If you make a deal in a cornfield, it is binding by law. We actually got another lawyer to check it out, but... It's true. So, by obligation only, Consigliere Nick, welcome to the podcast.
2: <laughs> you guys are correct. You're legally bound. Uh, thank you for having me.
1: <laughs> and I'm very, very nervous here. Uh, Marco and I know Consigliere Nick from for many years, and we have to admit, in general, our music tastes don't tend to always align. Marco and I, you know, Marco very uh, tends to be hip hop oriented. Me, rock slash folk rock, and then Nick he sticks to the hits let's put it that way and uh you know i think we've had some good discussions around some of this music uh trying to decide if it's something we consider just at least a pleasure a guilty pleasure or just plain old guilty something we absolutely hate so we've got consigliere nick here to talk about three different
2: songs that i think regularly occur in your playlist somehow (laughs) somehow (laughs) well i will say i'm a I'm a big fan of guilty pleasure music. I uh, I have an unabashed love for things that are just popular and just you can sing them and love them. But uh, yeah, I've got, a, I've got some three really great songs on tap for you guys. I think you're really going to enjoy them. So with that, why don't we do the first song here? You want to introduce it, Consigliere? What do we got here? All right. So the first song has got everything you need in a guilty pleasure. It's extremely catchy. It's fun to sing and it has very poorly written lyrics that nobody cares about. So with that said, let's start with the first one.
0: How you doing there, Marco? Uh, I heard it. I'm listening to it. Uh, <laughs> that was certainly Carly Rae Jepsen. This, this song was huge, huge in the airwaves. I guess uh, looking at this about five years ago. Um, yeah, and this is Back from the Dead, thanks to our lawyer.
2: I, some, my, Nicholas, why did we pick this song? So it's got everything you need in a guilty pleasure, guys. Um, first of all, the lyrics, they make very much very little sense like she's asking him to call her but maybe that doesn't make a lot of sense to me but the beat is extremely catchy and uh five years ago as marco said uh i was i was singing this song this felt like one of those songs
1: too that you know it it was a slow boil that just turned into something epic where you could not escape this song you just it was everywhere on the radio at one point during that summer um and it's just to me, absolutely ridiculous because it's just it's this weird kind of cheerful pop with this uh, very fake orchestra background against it. <laughs> if you're watching the music video, which is how we watched it, there's a guy with a six pack and her just kind and she's got like you know obviously the hand motion for the phone, call me maybe. It's about as cheesy as you
2: possibly could be. I think she's watch- washing a car in it too. Yeah, which that's just very cliche, <laughs> um, but. It, it It's on the list here because it's a song that a, a red-blooded man is going to have a difficulty admitting that they like. I have no problem with it, but I'm going to put it out to you guys to be the judge of it. Is it a pleasure? Is it a guilty pleasure? Or is it just guilty? All right, Mark, I'll
1: let you vote first here.
2: Yeah,
0: I uh, I was a little quiet during the whole song description. I, I don't have much to say here. Uh, it is It is guilty. <laughs> Guilty, guilty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, to the defense of the song, Call Me Maybe I think is playing on the insecurity of her being shy to ask the guy out. So I can even defend those lyrics, but uh, in terms of the music and and everything, this this song is, is not for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have to admit, Marco, I actually like Carly J... Le- J- Carly J, what is it? Carly Rae Jepsen. Carly Rae Jepsen's later work. I, some of her pop songs after this actually are kind of fun. They're more 80s callback pop music, which kind of hits a sweet spot for me. But this one, for me, 100% guilty. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. It was funny, but I never actually enjoyed
0: it in any way. Ooh,
1: so wow. Consigliere Nick, you've got two guilties.
2: I guess that's a verdict, guys. Guilty, but I still love it
0: has over a billion YouTube hits so whatever that means
2: get in line with the masses guys
1: so conciliulary Nick we got song number two coming up here you want to give us a quick rundown of what we're getting ourselves into
2: yeah this is a great song this is a throwback to the 80s um, I recall my parents listening to this song they had the greatest hits uh, it's a real gem and it's it really tells a beautiful story and let's get into it right now <laughs>
3: i no.
0: So, uh, so yeah, one thing, uh, as we discussed, we all have different, you know, preferences in music, but Nick being pure top 40 still provides a vast array of tastes. And, uh, Billy Ocean, pretty different than Carly Rae Jepsen here. This is pure 80s, as Nick says, and, uh, I'm feeling it, you know? I, uh... I like this song from back in the day, and uh, I'm just gonna go straight pleasure on this. Not even guilty pleasure. I, I will admit this to people, strangers, that I like this song.
2: Okay, I'll I'll tell you why I picked this song. And well, first of all, to start, when I was a kid listening to this song, I just thought it was just a great pickup line. Right? Get out of my dreams, get into my car. You can use that anytime. It's a great pickup line. Then. I looked at the lyrics for in preparation for this show, and you look a little closer, and it just gets really creepy. This is a guy that is rolling down the street, sees a random woman, and just yells at her, hey, you, get into my car. And she doesn't even know who this guy is. She's like, who, me? He's like, yeah, you, get into my car. That is creepy. But it still ends in a beautiful song. So um, I'm going to throw it out. Well, Marco, you already. Uh, chimed in on this, and you're gonna say it's pure pleasure i'm gonna say because of those lyrics because of that story it's kind of guilty but i'm gonna throw it to pj now because i think i want to hear what his thoughts are on it
1: see now mark was really wishing it heard the the reason around that
0: song before he voted oh man i'm i think i are gonna need you for my defense nick for saying i like this song now <laughs>
1: I'm not going to lie, so as we kind of talked with Carly Rae Jepsen, I'm a sucker for 80s pop music, so this hits one of my sweet spots. And yeah, when Marco was saying uh, Pleasure, I was kind of in the same boat. But now I'm thinking Guilty Pleasure. I think I have to put the
0: vote (laughs) on Guilty Pleasure. His name's Billy Ocean, too.
1: So (laughs) wrapping it up, these last two songs, we have two Guilties for the first song. Marco absolutely loves this song. Everything about it, this get out, of, get out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car song. I think he really identifies with the message. Not
0: a big lyrics guy. Repeat, not a big lyrics guy.
2: <laughs> now, I will ask you guys, have you ever used that pickup line? It's a tried and true method since the 80s. Have you used it?
0: No. Um, usually, uh, when I'm picking up the ladies, I'm usually not in my car. Uh, I usually like to be mobile, you know, on foot. So... Uh, doesn't really apply to for me but uh i used to use it when we had the weakest cycle but
1: then marco sold it so now i have nothing to try
2: that's a fair point okay well i've got one more for you guys on tap and it's also a very good one it's a little bit of a throwback as well um, but i think you'll enjoy it uh, let's get it going
3: yo vip yo vip My brand new invention. something
1: grabs a hold of me tightly, flow like a heartburn, daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow to the extreme. i rock a mic like a vandal. Light up the stage and watch a chunk like a
2: candle. Dance. That
1: booms. I'm your brain.
2: Okay, guys, so the reason that I picked this song, it's got it's got some some positives and some negatives for it. First the positives, very catchy. Um great beat Also, it made a cameo in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was one of my childhood favorite uh, movies, so uh, that's a big positive for it. The big negative is it's totally copying Under Pressure by David Bowie and Queen, and they totally stole that beat, and he didn't cop to it, too. He just said that, oh, no, it's different, which it clearly is not. If you listen to the songs back-to-back like I just did, they are almost identical beats, so... It's got two things going for it. Um, so that's where I put it to you guys to tell me, is this a pleasure, a guilty pleasure, or is it just guilty?
1: So, I mean, I definitely have history
2: with this song, so it's it's
1: a tricky one. I had a face. I remember liking this song when I was a kid at one point. And I'll admit, when I liked this song, I had never heard of David Bowie. You know, I uh, was not as musically advanced as I was now, where I was not, you know, man, I, I'm embarrassed to this day to kind of have to know vanilla ice much more than I knew David Bowie at that point in my age um, and I loved this song for a long time but this comes from an era of complete one hit wonders like you know you don't get this quite as much anymore where you get a person that just releases a massive hit and then just goes completely away. I'm, I'm trying to remember, Mark, the last time we had one of those, where it, it, I mean, something close to this. It doesn't, I can't, in the last five or ten years, has there been one like this?
0: Well, I mean, Vanilla Ice had more hits. This is by far his biggest, but um, he didn't fully go away. He probably had three years or so of, you know, relevance and then made a reality show comeback decades later. But, uh, I mean, this song is, very iconic i mean this this speaks to an early rap era you know that hasn't really come full back swing like 80s now has like a renaissance of the pop we haven't got a full (laughs) early hip hop renaissance yet that that day is yet to come but
2: so another important part of the song is that uh it apparently takes place on detroit avenue which being from metro detroit that kind of hits home for us but apparently it's a mix of like gangsters and djs all hanging out at the same place and things are going down you don't know what's going down exactly but uh it all ends up in ice ice baby which I don't know what that means either, but it's all a fun mix, and it really hits home. So, what do you think, PJ?
1: You know, I mean, the other thing that I give this song a lot of credit for, outside of Will Smith's Fresh Prince of Bel-Air intro title sequence, this might be the most easily memori- memorizable hip-hop song out there. Like, I swear, almost everybody knows three-quarters of the lyrics to this song. So. <laughs> having said that also if you watch the music video which is what we did as we were listening to these songs the outfits are incredible the dance moves are phenomenal like you know we just had our wedding themed podcast on episode two (laughs) I have to learn all of these dance moves immediately for the next wedding I go to because I think I'd be a a massive hit with those dance moves but with all of that said I still give it the guilty pleasure uh, vote.
0: I think guilty pleasure is a very fair vote. But again, uh, this song also speaks to my childhood. And, you know, the evolution of growing up and then finding out that he totally, you know, stole the bass line was disappointing but then as you as I got older that was part of the hip-hop culture it is sampling and that was done by everyone Beastie Boys everyone from back in the day that was that was how hip-hop really originated so um his boldness when confronted an interview which I will find and post to the Facebook because you have to see it to believe it how bold he is by claiming it's different and he won he won in the court of law but uh purely on the merits of the song I will vote pleasure again. It's, it holds up. It holds up.
2: <laughs> it does. Uh, I definitely agree. All of these songs, in my opinion hold up, but that's why I need an unbiased jury of my peers to come and, and tell me how, is, how it's done and tell me if it's a guilty pleasure, if I need to be uh, if I need to hold back my love for these songs and kind of you know, maybe listen to it on my own trust me if the more you hang out with consigliere nick there are
1: plenty more guilties in his in his back pocket the next time he comes here i'm actually shocked of the songs you brought here you only had one completely guilty song only one
2: guilty one yeah sorry carly ray that, that didn't get the cut make the cut but a couple pleasures in there and a couple guilty pleasures yeah we had a good mix uh i'm impressed good analysis by, on your part guys um you really <laughs> capture uh what it is to Uh, be a be a top 40 hit and how it speaks to you so i'm impressed so you know that's all three songs
1: for this week's episode or this month's episode but the interactivity does not stop there we have our social media pages on facebook we will definitely post all three of these songs around guilty pleasures and ask you guys what do you think are these songs a pleasure a guilty pleasure or guilty and i have no idea how the people will vote on this one marco
0: uh, i like to see, and, and, you know, I stand by my vote, and, uh, you know, if Carly Ray wins, then, uh, you know, so be it, you know. Sometimes you got to stick to your guns, and uh, I just cannot support that song. <laughs> well, until next time, Consiglier and Night, that's it. You're out of here.
1: That is the deal. We have fulfilled our obligations. Now, please, let us get on with the rest of our podcast.
2: Well, under the agreement, guys, I will be it's back. Really so, I have a long list of songs that I'm going to take you through. So, be ready. Gotta take the light.
1: Looking for advice? You've come to the right place. Fashion. Got it. Dating. Suspect. Politics.
0: Eh, we'll probably stay away from that one. It's time for do's and don'ts. Alright PJ, we're back. We are here. We're not saying we're better than people, but we want to share our experience. And if any one bit helps someone else, then this segment was completely worth it. That is, that is what do's and don'ts is about. And today we're talking about a subject that I'm familiar with, and so is PJ, and that's plane travel.
1: Yeah, I mean, Marco, we both I think like to travel in our off time. Um, you know, we've traveled together uh, to a couple places, and. Uh, since this podcast has been released, we both went on a trip to Wisconsin, so since you know we both love to travel, I think we can all agree there's one part of that piece of traveling that probably could be a little better, or at least maybe some advice to help people learn how to deal with the airplane part of traveling.
0: No, that's a good point. Traveling, there's so much involved, and we could have a whole podcast about traveling. We probably won't, but we could, yeah. but... Plane travel—we narrow it down to plane travel because there's so many tips just about planes. I guess airports, anything involving traveling via a plane. So the stage is set, PJ. How about you tell us a little something about plane travel?
1: Okay, you know I I love flying on some level, and then I you know I I, I hate it a lot too. And I think you'll notice with these do's and don'ts that mine. Tr- tend to trend towards one half of that equation at the moment. So first, don't.
0: Don't ask someone to take your middle seat. Okay, so for those who travel seldom or have never traveled on a plane, uh, most plane subs have three seats next to each other on two halves of the plane. Mm -hmm. So there's a pretty much uh, a third of the people on the plane are sitting in a middle seat. It's less desirable by many standards. People prefer the aisle for freedom of access. Some people prefer the window for the visual and maybe just some support. But, uh, yeah, so you say sometimes you can be nice and take the male seat. PJ says no. Yeah, I think it puts a
1: lot of peer pressure on the person to take the seat. I find myself being somewhat conflict avoidant, and I actually got suckered into this. A couple months ago, and this is why I bring this up. A person asked me on one of the longest flights I've ever been on, a 14-hour flight, Ooh. if I could take the middle seat because it would help space out the group a little better. I'm not going to get into details of what that really means transition-wise, but that was the excuse, and I did it, and I regretted every single hour on that flight that I did say yes to that, and uh, you know, now that's the rule. Do not ask people to take your middle seat
0: under any circumstance. Just don't do it. Okay. <laughs> Clear. Don't.
1: All right. Very yeah. good. What about you, Marco? What else? What advice do you have for the people?
0: All right. On the lighter side, I have a do. <laughs> so I would recommend do read the in-flight magazine. So many airlines have their own periodical. That's kind of in the seat bag. That's in the pocket. Um, A lot of people these days and age uh will have their tablet be doing that a lot of in-flight entertainment even provided by the airplane you know sometimes the airlines provide it at no cost these days but uh, i say you know what read that in-flight magazine you know it's got articles it's got maps of terminals um it's got maps of the world it does you know you can read about stuff that you weren't ever going to seek on your own but hey you're there it's something to do so I say I say do it you know I'm not gonna lie
1: I actually agree with this one I uh I'm a sucker for the in-flight magazine it's I but I am definitely a fan of it for the nerdiest parts of the magazine I love reading the one of the, the last section of the magazine, which usually has all the route maps, the terminal maps, and then also, I love seeing the list of all the aircrafts and how many that airline has of that aircraft. It usually also tells you their top speed and how many people it holds. So I don't know, I love reading that. And then this is might be the strangest thing I do when it comes to the uh, the in-flight magazine. Everyone I read always has a CEO message in the first page. Oh, I don't yeah. know why but I always read that thing. It's like just a thing I do. I It's the most corporate speak you'll ever encounter, you know, in the public setting. And, uh, I don't know why, but I just really enjoy reading it for not any, you know, legitimate reason.
0: Yeah. I would say as a sub don't, don't read that CEO corporate <laughs> intro because even though you're trying to fill time, I mean, PJ really summed it up, uh, I mean, we're, we're looking at the same thing, but we just have different feelings on it. But uh, overall positive, did, uh, found out something about PJ. Did not know you're a fan. So two yeah. people agree. Read the in-flight magazine. PJ, what's next on your list?
1: Okay. This one might be a little controversial, uh, but <laughs> I have strong feelings about it, and I think people should know.
0: All right. Don't ever lean your chair back. Okay, okay. Again, for those who don't travel on a plane, there's a, it's like a recliner chair. It doesn't have a huge range, but they pack these seats in, so mm-hmm. every bit of motion does make a difference. I'm sure that's kind of what you're alluding to, PJ.
1: Yes, thanks for helping explain this to, to the people, Marco. You know, as airplanes continue to shrink and shrink, we only have so much space, and we're all in this together at this point, Marco. We don't have the space to allow a person to basically shrink or lean their chair all the way back to the point where their head is basically in your field of vision before looking down it's it's gotten just way too claustrophobic and way too i mean i've had plenty of flights where a person pushes the button on the side of the chair to lean the chair back they go as far back as possible and then start slamming their body against the chair to make it go back even further back people remember there's somebody behind the chair that you're leaning back and every inch you take back is something from their set- half that they wish they had. Give people some air to think to themselves. Keep your chair where it started at, and the world will be a better place. Sleep a little more upright. You can deal with it for one out- a couple hours, and it'll just keep
0: the peace on the flight. Okay, so so strong message from you. I have two thoughts on that. First, don't when the. When the person bangs on the chair to get more space, does it actually work? I'm not saying you should do. I'm just curious. Does it work?
1: I don't know. I mean, I'm. Sus- it depends how old the chair is. I think is the answer to that one. It. I don't think so. But at the, it's still very annoying. You oh, it's know, extremely it's, annoying. I can imagine. <laughs> like, because I'm already angry at this person for leaning their <laughs> chair back, and not not only did they lean it back, they're like, I want to be that extra annoying person and try and lean it back really, really far. As best I can tell it does not work. At all. Gotcha.
0: One other thing I'm going to point out and then I'll move on to my next one is I my last flight I took, I was in the very corner back corner of the plane. I was in the back row. You actually on the the plane I was on, you can recline a bit and it was completely guilt-free. You mm. Just reclined, you know, maybe an inch and a half space and no one's behind me and it actually made a difference.
1: It's a good point you did find an exception to my rule. Yeah, as long if there's nobody behind you, you're 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 free, but you know when we're all in this together on a plane and people are leaning into each other, just don't do it.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I think that's that's a good point. Um, what about
1: you, Marco? What what else? What other advice do you have?
0: So mine is is a do, just to kind of bring some positivity back to the world. But uh, and it relates to what uh yours was in a sense, in that many people are reclining uh, to sleep. Uh, my do. Is simply sleep. <laughs> it's a great way to pass the time. Um, there's the conducive environments. Usually a little dark. Um, it you can be crammed, as you said. These there's people all around you in a plane. You know, some people take it one way and be very social. One way is to be, you know, introverted but respectful is to just sleep and just not you know tune out. And another thing is if you're taking a really long flight, like Peter took a fourteen hour flight. Mm-hmm. And you fly that long it's gonna mess with your day. If you sleep and if you time your sleep, it can really help make your end destination go a lot more smoothly. Yeah, I'm not
1: gonna lie, Marco. I think we're on two opposite ends of this one. I mean, I love to fly, but I'm also afraid of flying. So I never sleep on planes, including these 14 hour flights. My, My theory is I go as I stay up the whole flight and then that allows me when I'm in a completely different time zone to just fall asleep when I want to because you're so tired at the end of that thing
0: right i mean you have to you have to game plan a very long flight but even for me even like a regional flight i mean i fly the vast 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 majority of my flights are domestic but even like a two-hour flight a three-hour flight something sometimes i'm having to wake up you know to get a plane too i mean if you have an early morning flight if you're like flying for work and i have to get there and the flight's at 8 a.m i gotta by the time i gotta wake up in order to get to the airport by the time I'm actually sitting in the the seat, I'm legitimately tired. So mm. I can sleep and kinda of catch up and obviously it obviously depends on your sleep cycle, but um if you can make it work, I say do. I say go for it. I say don't. <laughs> Alright, PJ, <laughs> but that was my turn. Now your turn, what what is advice do you have to give? <laughs>
1: oh good news Marco I have more don'ts for you here. Uh <laughs> 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 so for the people don't be that person crowding around the gate as they're trying to board. If it's not your number, not your zone, just take a step back, enjoy a chair around the gate, give the people space to get in line, so that it's not just a complete mess around the gate and nobody can figure out how to get in line when it's their turn. Just you know what, you'll get your chance. And this is this is something that I you know I think the rules around baggages has really screwed up for everybody at this point because now everybody's freaking out about carry-on luggage with flights and trying to get their bag up top. And now everybody's always crowding around the gate to make sure they can get on the plane as soon as possible. It's not worth it, people. I, I I flew through Amsterdam three different times this year. Amsterdam was the worst airport for this, but and it showed how bad it can get, but it's always just levels of bad. The best scenario is when you have space around the gate.
0: Yeah yeah i think you're you found a cause of that i mean a lot of people because you know if you if you're not flying there you'll call like maybe zones and it could be zones one through seven and probably in total there could be up to like 15 zones it's actually ridiculous how yeah. many tiers of people get on the plane and so your ticket tells you when you board and like it's one of those things where yeah you know when you're when you're gonna board and maybe legitimately twenty minutes from the time you're standing up, but it that indoor space for the your baggage is such a premium that it, it airports cannot bring out the best in people. Sometimes it can, but oftentimes you see not everyone's best face and uh I think it's if everyone did it, it would be it would work. I think PJ's just it's just like cry for help. I don't know if you can make the change, <laughs> but uh you know, I guess uh, if if you at least think twice about it, maybe that's that's a win for you. I
1: try so hard to argue it amongst the people I fly with to to not crowd the gate, but it is fighting an uphill battle. And I had to let the people know this is the way the world's supposed to work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, my last uh, one is also kind of a stand, a philosophical stand, if you will. And uh, it's a don't, unfortunately, uh, and a sour note, but... Uh, Mine is Don't Fly First Class. Um, <laughs> this one's a little out there, but... Yeah. You know, the society as we... As time goes on, we're trying to progress in a way where, you know, people are you know treated fairly this this it's a, it's a class system it's an artificial class system and yeah you pay more for it but there's just something about first class and you know there's like stand up bits about it and TV shows you know sitcoms about it but i mean it's most of what they say is true it's just they're sitting in front they're they're treated nicer everyone walks by you to get to their seat you know it's just a uh, and everyone has to walk by you, too. It's not like you can be fancy in your own privacy. It's like, we're all on the same plane. We all know you're first class. You're called first. We see you. There's only, like, ten of you total. And so, I say, you know, buck the trend. If you have the means, don't do it. Be with the common man in the back.
1: <laughs> Marco is a man of the people. I am not. I am a man of the elites. <laughs> I love first class, and I will not. <laughs> <laughs> Great advice, Marco, but I am not taking it. <laughs> I, I have to admit it when, I, when it happens. I, I love first class. I love the big comfy chairs. In my mind, I'll take your advice when they start making those first class chairs, the chairs everybody gets. But until that day, I want the chair.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess you'll see me in the gate crowders <laughs> next time you fly. <laughs> me and the revolutionaries. <laughs>
1: well this is steered into a ditch as usual uh but (laughs) we hope you guys took some great advice here i think mark and i have once again taken our best opportunity here to enlighten the people on what you should do and not do when it comes to plane travel and with that getting ready to break out a brand new segment it's a new game we're calling guess the sound
3: We join an already in-session sound review by two experts in the field.
0: I think that is the Siamese fireback bird, and if I'm not mistaken, it sounds like it's molting. Ah, yes,
1: the forty-spotted hartalope. One could not forget such a lovely animal.
0: Uh, this is a difficult one. Such a mysterious sound. This game is impossible.
3: It's time for Guess That Sound.
0: All right, PJ, are you excited? This is the first time ever we are playing Guess The Sound.
1: Yeah, this feels like the first actual game we've played on the podcast. And I'm not exactly sure what to expect here because I'm a pretty competitive person and uh, you know I think our relationship is fractured already to begin with. I'm worried what competition is gonna do to this dynamic.
0: Well, as a counterpoint, I'm not very competitive and I like to think I have a good ear. So I'm just excited for the experience. (laughs) Good,
1: good. So let's uh, let the people in on what exactly is going to happen here. So this game is called Guess the Sound. And Marco and I have been working for a couple months finding the most fascinating sounds that we're going to try and challenge the other person to identify.
0: For each episode there will be a theme and, and the only rule is that hints are strongly discouraged. Shame. You can do it, but you're strongly discouraged from doing so.
1: <laughs> that is it, and we should let the people know. So each of these times we play this game, we're gonna have a different theme. So let's let the people in on figuring out what this episode's theme of Guess the Sound is. Take it away.
3: This week's theme is animals.
1: Okay, animals. Uh, this'll be interesting. I don't know about you, Marco. I'm not an animals person, so.
0: There's only like 50 types of animals, so we have a good shot at guessing it right. <laughs> That's
1: right. So, uh, we're going to have two rounds each. And uh, if we tie, we tie, and we'll kind of keep a score throughout the podcast series here uh, to see how we do. If we have a winner, even better. Uh, but let's get this thing started with round one of Animals Guess the Sound. So, Marco, can you guess this first animal?
3: Round one.
0: All right. Um, There's a gargling, distinct gargling, and I believe elements of water. And, I, you know, for me, it's a toss-up. I'll just kind of go through my thought process. I think it's either an alligator or a crocodile, and I don't know the difference between the two. So I'm just going to go with crocodile.
1: You know what? I believe considering how hard animals are i would have given it to you for either of those i think you did a good enough job officially i believe it was alligator oh but i would still give you the checkbox in that one considering how hard i think these are gonna be
0: i appreciate that and uh maybe we'll post on the page the difference between a crocodile and alligator because i just need to know the difference you know i'm old enough they're different they're two of 50 animal types, so I should have a good grasp of what they are.
1: I mean, I only know slightly the difference. I know you'll find alligators in Florida. You would not find a crocodile in Florida. You, crocodiles are much larger, and you see those typically um, in Africa would be an area I, I know you'd see them. I think you might find some in Asia as well.
0: Okay, wow. Okay, maybe I will not post anything that was no no
1: we i think you know we need to find the sound of each of these to d- identify the difference in sound but my guess is obviously being a bigger animal that it will be a deeper sound the crocodile but we'll find out if you want to know the answer to that ch- tech- check in on the facebook page to find out later but you i think are close enough and i will give you it so you are one to nothing at the moment and name that sound
0: all right very good and now I take serve, if you will, and we'll play a song for you, PJ.
3: Round one.
1: Hmm. So no water sounds in this one, by the sound. But from what I heard, it sounded as if something was beating its beak it on something it, it,
0: i well i don't know if you're asking for a hint
1: i uh i'm, I'm give me the hint give me the hint what, what, what give me a hint here am i is it a bird we're talking
0: shame wow hints are so strongly discouraged i did not even have a hint prepared but on the fly i can answer your question yes it is a bird and i just you know, I'm, I'm shocked you just went for the hint. You can elect for a hint, but I'm just still surprised you did it. Shame.
1: You know what? Uh, I thank you for the hint, Marco. I think that hint was useful and I'm ready to f- f- to lodge a formal guess. Please. Is it the woodpecker?
0: That is correct. That is correct. Very good. I felt like you almost had it without the hint. But you you uh you took the hint and you got it right so well done.
1: I did. I, I had to do. I had to make sure you know with you locking down the first one correct. There was a lot of pressure to make sure I didn't go behind the get behind the ball here, being down one point. So I had to make sure what I heard was right, and uh, I'm pretty proud of myself.
0: Great. No, very good. So now it is round two where the stakes are the same because I'm not competitive. So <laughs> just ready to play. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're, they're uh, to me, they're higher. 1-1 one, one, if either of us gets it wrong and the other one gets it right. We have a winner this week. So, Marco, are you ready to name that sound?
0: Yes, yes I am. Round two. so that clip was jam-packed with sound uh i think i heard some chirping and if i'm not mistaken piano noises but i'm pretty sure i'm supposed to i have a sense that that buying sound was the sound i was trying to guess again not asking for a hint this is just me talking out loud
1: i will admit this one's a little tougher it, i really didn't think we were gonna get any of these ones right today i was surprised you got the first one right but if you got the first one right i I will not be shocked if you get the second one wrong here, because this one is a little tougher. That's not a hint. I'm just kind of making it tougher for you. Yeah. You want a hint? <laughs>
0: don't tempt me. Do not tempt me with a hint. I, uh, You can do a hint. I just don't want to do a hint, even though you can do a hint. However, you did give me some insight. You said it would be harder. My initial instinct was a sheep. Sheep's pretty commonplace. My final guess will be Llama. Final guess? Yes.
1: That is incorrect. We have our first incorrect guess in Name That Sound. I'm sorry. It is actually a uh, baby sloth.
0: Wow, okay. Wasn't close, in my opinion. So, did not know what those sounded like. You know,
1: I didn't either. Um, But the moment I heard what it sounded like, I was like, this is too good. I think it has to be included in Name That Sound.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Just now that the round is officially over, there was piano in that clip, right? Oh, yes.
1: Yeah, and I didn't want... That doesn't count, though. You, that was not what you were trying to identify. Since the theme <laughs> was animals, that, that no half credit for naming a piano.
0: No, this is just for educational purposes, so that I was queuing in on the correct noise. I don't want to hear a piano piece at a jazz bar and, like, oh, is this, did someone bring a baby sloth? You know, I just want to make sure I'm learning something from this exercise.
1: You know, it was surprisingly hard to find animals that didn't have music underneath. At least for me, I found a lot where you would just get these mashups with music underneath. So I was lucky for the most part to isolate it as much as I did with some of these.
0: Okay. All right. So I'll assume the answer is yes, that was piano. Anyways, PJ, are you ready for the final sound? I'm ready. Let's, let's win this thing.
3: Round two. Round <laughs> two. Uh,
1: okay, yes. Well, that animal certainly has a very distinct sound, um whatever it is. To me, it sounds in the horse-like species in the realm. uh And I think I have a guess that I feel strongly about. I'm not feeling 100% comfortable with it but I'm not sure a hint would help me get any closer, so I will rise above it, take the uh, the highway out, and not use a hint, and lodge a formal answer. Marco, is that sound a donkey?
0: That is correct. It is a donkey. Well done. In fact, it was multiple donkeys, so I didn't mean to throw you there, but that was the audio clip I found, and you want to know, you want to have a bonus question PJ I would love a bonus <laughs> question all right what is the name of a? what is the official name of the sound that a donkey makes not official but what is a the term for a like you might say a cow moose what sound does a donkey make
1: I can't say for sure is I I, I will sound ridiculous because I'm really just making up the word on the spot and seeing if it's right. Um, is it a hee-haw? Well,
0: that's what it sounds like. It's not an onomatopoeia. It's a braying or a bray. I found this up while researching the sound. So, a donkey brays.
1: It seems like a lot of other animal noises are more automatic, poetically based. You know, a cow moves, it sounds like that. A yeah. quack kind of sounds like the word quack.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh... That doesn't count. That was just for fun. But yeah, you got it right. Well done. That was that was not easy.
1: No, honestly, I am stunned because as we kind of mentioned at the top, I'm not an animal person by nature. And uh, look at that. I know my animal sounds. I'm unstoppable. And Marco, you need to work on your sloths.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> so this week's, uh, this
1: episode's Name That Sound, the first ever attempt at Name That Sound comes away with a champion, and that champion is
0: me hey well again it's for me it's not about winning or losing and as if you rewind back i was consistent on this matter for me it's all about the sounds so i think the the listeners are really the champions because they heard some great sounds and they hopefully learned a thing or two
1: And it's our final segment the one we always do at the end of every weekend podcast it's music marco
0: yeah this is our fourth episode and i have to say for the time period of roughly the month of november uh it was a good month of music i'm, I'm pretty excited about my three selections and uh we even have a requested song as well so
1: yeah and uh you know i think you know, we'll always do music, but I think this one might be the last kind of normal one for the year. We're hoping to get one last podcast out before the end of the year. And I'm hoping to kind of make that one more about our fa- our absolute favorite songs of the year. So this is kind of, once again, just good music that's happening out there this year or things that are on our radar that we really like and would like to share with you. But uh, I think next episode, we'll also kind of break out our absolute favorite songs that came out in 2017. So be ready for kind of an end of the year podcast coming up. But... That's next time. This time is about the music we like right now. And I think I'm kicking this one off, Marco.
0: What's hot? What's hot in the streets, PJ?
1: <laughs> What's hot is Weezer off their new album, Pacific Daydream, which came out in the end of October. And the song I have picked off of that album is Beach Boys. Turn it
0: up. It's the Beach
3: Boys.
1: But as we kind of mentioned, that is off a brand new album, Pacific Daydream, end of October. I'm not gonna lie, Marco, I'm actually not a massive Weezer fan, and I was kind of surprised. We both saw Weezer at a music festival we, both, we went to in May in Boston, and I was stunned first off of the kind of the fan base Weezer pulls and I didn't quite realize how big they are still in the, in the rock scene. I think a lot of people um, actually, from what I've seen, like true Weezer fans, Aren't a massive fan of this new Pacific Daydream album. It's, it's kind of more pivoted towards pop rock music. They're trying once again, I think, to make more radio hits. But since I'm not a true Weezer head, this kind of works for me. Like I'm the just kind of laissez-faire Weezer fan, and this stuff—it's fun. And this song, Beach Boys, it to me is just kind of a playful ode to the Beach Boy music you'd hear in a, in a car during the summer.
0: Yeah, I, I agree uh, on a few things. The the Weezer, I actually saw them at two music festivals over the years and there's a very dedicated Weezer fan base and I think that it's a testament to them. They have, you know, quiet periods but over the years have put out hit songs and but I do, you know, in this listen notice a shift to more of a pop thing. And again, as it not a diehard, no problem there. It's kind of a chill, nice song, you know, listened to and so No, it, it's good and I, I always like to see artists kinda change their sounds to see what they're thinking. Whether I mean what's trying to be commercial or if it's their kind of own pursuit of a new type of sound. So either way, it ends in a, a change.
1: And this isn't like the first time Weezer's gone radio. I mean, they had songs like Beverly Hills, which were totally for radio too, but they seem to kind of come in and out of that phase where they'll go really hard towards the rock end. And I think a lot of the Weezer fans love it when they do that kind of stuff. And then they kind of try to make sure they're kind of more still in the mainstream on some level. And I think this album kind of, once again, rebreaks them out in that way. And I, and I enjoy it, so I'm happy they did it. Marco, what do you got for your first song?
0: My first song is another group that has been around for a long time and also have a new album. It's Wu-Tang featuring Redman, and the song is called People Say. My-
3: my, my team hard, making them lean hard. you see more riders lined up than you see at a theme park. My queen hot, making the scene pop. Routine hot, online gangsters. I'm giving them screenshots. Hard white lyrics to guard right. Twisting the tail, sick as hell. Christian Bale from the dark night. On sight, fogging your fog lights. Your dogs like Swayze at the roadhouse. Down for the bar fight. Like this.
0: Yeah, like so I for, did. again, this is actually a similar thing where it's funny to have these back-to-back where there are very serious Wu-Tang Clan fan members, and even amongst the group members itself, there there's so many, there's nine members of the Wu-Tang Clan, and they come together, and some argue, is this even an official Wu-Tang Clan project, given that uh, RZA has not produced these songs, but I don't recall the producer's name, but it does kind of harken back to some of the original work of the group, and I do enjoy this song, and Redman is a frequent collaborator of Method Man, so... Having him on the track just adds to it. I like the chorus, and it's uh, it's good to have new Wu-Tang Clan music in general. So,
1: I loved the Wu-Tang Clan back in their heyday, but it, it feels like they've been off the radar for a while. For me, like I have not heard them. I'm not going to claim to be a true hip-hop aficionado or a Wu-Tang aficionado. Keeping an eye on them. The last time I remember hearing even about Wu-Tang was when uh, the Martin Squally guy got a hold of their one single album copy of a, of a whole album they had that they never released. Um, but this, I've, you know, this new album, song that, I, that I've heard by them now, it's, I like it. I, you know, it, it works for me. It kind of reminds me a little bit of when uh, A Tribe Called Quest came out out with their new album last year. Um, that really, all of a sudden, even though I hadn't heard them in a while, really clicked again.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Both, both those groups individually have, you know, maintained their sound while still providing new music and a little bit new content. So excited for Wu-Tang to be back. And so kicked it off with that pj number two what you got
3: yeah
1: so another newer album to talk about here um this one is by liam gallagher he's got a new album called as you were just came out in october and the song i've picked is from the deluxe part of that album and it's called doesn't have to be that way by Liam Gallagher it doesn't have to be that way you know it's got a real tame and Impala vibe which I absolutely love I'm a huge fan of that group but the album overall actually doesn't quite go to that flow um, Liam Gallagher in case you're not familiar one of the lead singers of legendary band Oasis um, the two brothers are kind of split off now to do their own projects and this is the first time I've heard Liam Gallagher outside of Oasis and I think it's, the album is amazing um, I picked this song just because it just really stands out as something kind of different for him. He's got other songs in there that sound exactly like as if he was still in Oasis, and they're great because I just like having more music from a group like that. Um, it's kind of funny, uh, you know, when I was trying to pick three songs for this episode, um, one of the other songs I really, really, really wanted to pick is a song called List of People to Try and Forget About, and it's by Tame Impala. They just released a, current, uh, a new B-side to their last album. And It's phenomenal, but I felt like it clashed way too much with this pick. So I, I didn't, I, you know, i giving a shout out to that one, but this was this pick I wanted to make sure to especially call out this episode because I think this Liam Gallagher album as a whole is really something fun and I think everybody should go and give it a listen.
0: No, I, I like this pick. Um, I haven't listened to the full album, but I will do so after the after the show i guess and on the on the playlist and follow up on spotify with that but i was a fan of oasis that was one of the early cds i had kind of growing up one of the maybe the first 10 cds i had was an oasis cd so i obviously like the sound and they're very talented musically, and there's the you know, story about how they split, and that's kind of been well-documented, but at the end of the day, they're both musicians, so it's, it's always exciting after that split. They could both retire. They don't need the money, but they're still making music, so it's, it's good to hear a new project from them.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it, I don't think he's lost a step. I, it's still really good music. I mean, I picked that song because that's the one I've listened to almost, I think, the most of any on the album, but I'll probably throw an extra song in the album or in our playlist this, this episode. Just to give people another another kind of vibe of what exactly happens in that album because it, it's both songs would be great to listen to.
0: Very good. Looking forward to that.
1: Cool. Marco, what do you got for number two?
0: For my second song, this is coming off a double album, so lots of songs to choose from, and I do recommend listening to the entire album. The artist is Big Crit, and the song I did end up picking is Higher Calling, Higher Calling featuring jill scott you are my, yeah. pick up when i call
3: you i'm gonna be there in a second need directions when you get this message something's going on earlier this morning had a feeling that we might have hit the ceiling and our purpose ain't fulfilling in this home so maybe we should take some time on it put a groove on and bump and grind on it and get our mind right the stars align like i did with bills and i know that we ain't playing this but i'm knowing something special comes from calling heaven
0: so yeah that one is the one i i picked that song it's more soulful than some of the album he is a texas based artist so it has that southern hip-hop influence and I like the way that was i like jill scott's you know chorus and work on that song but it overall there's it's two cds worth of music it's a it's a great album that's becoming more of a trend i've noticed in the streaming age where artists are willing to kind of put more content you know online at the same time for fans but this is a rare thing where i don't think we're sacrificing anything i think both halves of that you know album are, are very solid and i recommend it
1: that's cool i I like uh, Big Crit a lot. I can't call myself a massive fan, but whenever I, I see his name on a song, I always make sure to listen to it. Um, I haven't heard this one before today, and having just heard it, I, I think it's great. Um, it's really smooth. I love kind of that that symbol in the background. It kind of just has a jazzy vibe to it. it. seems like that's happening a lot right now in hip-hop in some ways. Um, I can remember I mean, Kendrick's done a ton of jazz infusion with his hip-hop, um, but this... Big fan of Big Crit. I can remember, you know, uh, you know, when he first started out, he was in kind of a hip hop collective that included Wiz Khalifa. Um, and I remember him, one of Big Crit's first original songs was Cadillac, and uh, to me that had such a, like an outcast vibe to it. This one, it's getting smoothed out and it's a little, it feels a little deeper.
0: Yeah, there's there's topics all over. I mean, it's it's a it's a thoughtful album for sure. And uh, yeah, I recommend that.
1: Very cool so okay final song for me third and final song for this episode of the podcast i've got kind of a bit of a palate cleanser you know for me i've had weezer kind of a dancey one liam gallagher which kind of psychedelic rock hits infused with pop music and now we've got one that is just straight rock music and before we go uh too deep in talking about it let's just kind of jump in here the song is named the song's name is yuk fu by wolf alice I wasn't kidding there. It, it's, a, it's a hard rocker. It's off the new album called Visions of a Life by Wolf Alice. Wolf Alice was one of my favorite new bands when they came out with their first album. Um, and they've just come out with their sophomore release here. And I love this new album, too. They they've, they've followed up a great first album with, to me, a great second one if you don't love this song, give the rest of the album a chance. It doesn't all rock that hard. I was actually kind of stunned. This was the first song I heard off this album. I was like, whoa, huge shift for them to go that hard in the rock. It it can have more pop notes to it. But for me, every once in a while, you just want to have kind of a song that doesn't apologize for being a rock song. And this one, there's just so much pent up energy and anger. And I just can't help but kind of rock my head to it by the end, because it just breaks out into pure chaos, and I love it.
0: Yeah, it it does not apologize. That is a good way of putting it. Almost like uh, Demi Lovato's Sorry Not Sorry that we had on a previous playlist in its own unique way. <laughs> no, just kidding. It, that song is completely different. I do like this. This is about as hard of rock. I think that I've heard you put on the the playlist thus far. And so, yeah, no, that, that's a it's a fun song, uh, full of energy, if you're in the right mood for that. Flip that on.
1: Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a mood song, and that's why I call it a palate cleanser because it's not even for me gonna hit what I want every time. But to me, I want to make sure that we keep this podcast discussion around music as wide open as possible. And you know, this might not be everybody's cup of tea, but if you want a rock song, I really want to make sure you know about this song because this one is weren't one that everybody should know about.
0: Yeah, no, uh, it's it was news to me, and so. Uh... I'm aware. This song is out there and rocking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure it's your new favorite one, Marco. But in case it wasn't, you might have another one for the people, Marco. What's your final song this episode?
0: You are correct, PJ, that I did not pick that as my third song, so no overlap here. For my third song, I'm going to keep it in the realm of hip hop. This final song choice for me is Psy High The Prince, God Bless Your Heart, off his latest album.
3: One love, MTV, this is unplugged. Stacking this cheese reminds me of mama's lasagna from crafting double entangles, the child of combing the tanya. Just a gap to genius word to my cousin Jelanda. Uh
2: twist up this ganja till I go over yonder. They say I got too much will like twenty foes oh Hondas. I've been sponsored off twice.
0: And... So this was an artist that I'd recognized the name and I kinda saw it as a new album release. I kinda checked it out and I finally put all the pieces together. For me if you recognize that he was actually featured on Kanye West's album *My Dark Beautiful Twisted Fantasy*, and he is featured on the song *So Appalled*. Mistakenly, I was not familiar with him at the time, and I assumed it was Kid Cudi. But he actually had my favorite verse on that song, so when I figured out I was mistaken that he was the guy. He had a full new album. I listened to it. uh very solid album. This, like. Is fairly representative of the whole album so if you like this definitely check out the album there's a lot of good features on that uh from the good music group he actually recently signed with sony i think that was such a delay of why this album took so long to get put out but so this i think he's very excited for this album i saw an interview with him and i'm equally excited for its release
1: another one that kind of has that jazz fusion going into hip-hop you got the sax this time really kind of laying down that part of it um it's interesting. I hadn't heard of him either before today. Uh, so good call, Mark. We're breaking a new one out here. But that seems to be a common thing, isn't it, within hip hop, where you know, like a guy almost make breaks out by appearing on one of these kind of mainstream hip hop artists to start with. Like, Ken, uh, I feel like Kanye's launched a few that way. I mean, Big Sean for a while. I feel like he his name took off a bit more once he started doing some collaborations with Kanye. But I, I'm trying to think of another big name, but that's definitely something that is common within the hip-hop space.
0: Yeah, so in, I learned, uh, I just learned a lot about him in the interview. He was writing songs with Kanye, and there was like a whole group, and he had worked with Kanye for many years and then had his own music to produce. I think he'd even mentioned that he and Kanye were going to release an album together, but obviously working with Kanye's full ups and downs and changes, and so nothing ever materialized. He had enough material kanye is actually featured on one of his songs off this album and uh so i would recommend uh listening to that album uh together this was released just earlier uh, in uh november so uh the album is called no dope on sunday so uh and and it's it's relevant it's not like a Trap music, which glorifies it. He is kind of talking about it, and then shows like the real life and you know how it affects it. So it's it's a good look. I like both sides of the spectrum. So this is this is the the counterpoint to some of the trap music you're hearing.
1: Awesome, great choices, Marco. I think the people are starting to sense a really heavy theme between our two music choices. Uh, three pretty much rock songs for me, and three v- hip hop songs on your end this this uh, episode. And I think there's six awesome choices. And make sure, if you want any more music from us, uh, make sure to listen to our Spotify playlist. We uh, do a lot of work curating that for every episode. And Marco, you have an extra song we're throwing into this playlist this next episode, right?
0: That's right. This is a teaser. We're not going to play this song on this episode, but it is listed in the playlist. And this is a song request from dedicated listeners Gail and Abe. And the artist is Faruku. Not sure if that's pronounced correctly, but the song is Crippy Kush featuring Bad Bunny and Russian. The song is is amusing, and there's actually a remix out there, but we're putting the original on for those OG listeners, so thanks for the recommendations. We always encourage song requests, and uh, again, PJ and I like our music, but we like our fans too, so we want to hear what you're listening to as well.
1: We do. We want to give the people what they want, but you know what, we love getting that interaction because... I don't know about you, Marco, I had never heard that song before, and I'm a better person for it now knowing that song.
0: (laughs) Couldn't agree more. You are a better person.
1: (laughs) And with that seven songs we've talked about, uh, that is it for this episode of the podcast, Marco.
0: Yeah, we cover a lot of music, and as you alluded to, if you like the music, definitely stay tuned for uh, the next episode where we'll have... uh... The end of the year it's crazy that 2017 is coming to a close ends crazy this is the close of our fourth podcast we've already you know made some good work you know we we met in may and you know had the conversation of doing this and here we are months later and we this is the fourth one in the bag so i'm I'm happy with it
1: yeah i think i'll be happy with it um <laughs> <laughs> this this is uh it's <laughs> it's it's been fun marco uh <laughs> We're going to have a lot of fun in the next episode for an end of the year, so I definitely recommend checking that out. But until then, make sure to keep us posted, keep interacting with us. we got lots of questions. If you want to find out about that crocodile and alligator, I suggest you keep talking with us and keeping the conversation going on Twitter and Facebook.
0: Yeah. Again, we had to drop Halloween, so now our thing is crocodile versus alligator. So, that's us.
1: (laughs) And with that, that's it. I'm out of here, Marco. Have a good one, and we'll see you at the end of the year.
0: So long.
3: Next time on the show, PJ wants to change the podcast name.
1: Hey, Marco, what do you think about the podcast name Weekend Love?
0: Weekend Love?
1: Where do you even get a name like that? Well, I mean, Diddy changed his name to Brother
0: Love. Did he change his name? When did he do that? Like two months ago, Marco. What? I said his name on the podcast twice last episode. Also, Brother Love doesn't make any sense. Puff Daddy. P. Diddy. Diddy. Brother love. The
1: weekend. Weekend love.
3: And Team Weekend scraps the end of your music segment to make sure Marco knows the difference between a crocodile and an alligator.
1: See, Marco? The crocodile has a lower sound. Oh, man. I still am not quite getting it. Uh, Marco, we are not ending this year's podcast until you can tell the difference between a crocodile and an alligator. It's
0: lower. Oh, man. We play the alligator
3: again. Team weekend will be back better than ever. Peace out, podcast listeners.